0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number two of the Nonprofit News Rundown. I am your host, David Nadelman, Senior Solution Engineer at Salesforce.org, and I am really happy to be here. I wanted to put this video series together to give my colleagues at Salesforce, but really anyone interested in the nonprofit industry, a one-stop shop where they can get all the latest news, trends, and stories from across the industry. So it is the week of November 16th, and let's get the show started. So last week, we talked about a pretty large-scale study that came out from the Chronicle of Philanthropy, which talked about the impacts of COVID-19 in the first half half of this year uh, with nonprofits, and specifically some of the larger nonprofits in the country. Now, one element of this study that we didn't get to was how virtual events have been getting a lot of mixed results. Obviously, this has been a challenging year for events, given the fact that most of these have moved from in-person events to the virtual side. But some organizations have really thrived while others have seen, um, actually, while most have seen revenue drop. So of the 91 organizations that responded, these are really large scale organizations, 64% of them reported fewer gifts from the first half of this year compared to the first half of last year. Obviously, um, it is tough to convince people who are used to going to your runs, walks, and galas to log into Zoom and have the similar experience. It's just not that transferable. While organizations have seen high turnout for these events, the revenue did not come across. So lots of people signing up, logging in, but not making gifts. So some organizations that have uh, fared pretty poorly, uh, Museum of Modern Arts did uh, a lot of virtual events right in the beginning, then they decided to really not do any anymore. So they have gone away with, they've done away with virtual events sort of across the board. Another organization, the American Lung Association, uh, every year receives about 40% of their revenue from events of all shapes and size. This year, they are predicting a $200 million shortfall in projected revenue. With that shortfall, they've actually had to lay off 1,000 employees, including 200 fundraisers. So really tough for that organization. Um, give them some love if, if, if you can, because they are having a really rough year. Now, one organization on the bright side that's doing great is an organization called the Jewish National Fund, What they're doing is they were typically an organization that sponsored trips to Israel. But given the uh, events and the lack of travel, they have shifted that to a virtual tour. So they are charging people $40 to do a virtual tour of Israel with a tour guide. Um, They have seen their growth really blow up. So they are doing a great job. They are finding new donors, people who are interested in making these trips. Some people who never would have actually been able to go to Israel in the first place Are Now taking these virtual tours. So being creative is important. Keeping your events short is important. People have a lot of zoom fatigue, but great study here from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. I will link that below so you can take a look next uh, report that is uh, I thought was really impactful that came out this week was from the better business bureau and they have an arm of their their organization. That is give.org, which is doing the same work the Better Business Bureau does for regular businesses, but for the nonprofit world. They produced a report that was all about trust and how trust is factoring into people giving or not. And what they found was that the proportion of donors who say the trust is of high importance fell 9%. So it was at 73%, now it's down to 64%. And so this is important on a couple different levels. First, the donors who cite trust as being of high importance tend to give more. So we want people who care about trust to be our donors. Now, name recognition and awareness of organizations was listed as one of the top factors for being a trusted organization, which goes along with the you know, really benefits the larger, more established nonprofits in the world and gives organizations who are kind of on the come up uh, more motivation to do better marketing, PR, and awareness because we want people to know our name and understand what we're doing in the community. Now, some good news that came out of the study was that they found that donors are really sort of decoupling uh, trust from administrative overhead. So there was this, obviously this really big focus on overhead, which is diminished now shout out to Dan Pallada. Uh, he has an awesome Ted talk that you should check out all about this, but donors are not really that concerned, uh, especially with regards to trust in terms of how much you're spending on overhead. So that was really good. It's fallen all the way down to 19% of people who even mentioned caring about that with regards to trust. So why is this happening? the study found that that this is really not something that nonprofits are doing or not doing to increase trust. Um, What they found was that this is really more of a societal trend. So people are trusting organizations and institutions less across the board. So that's nonprofits, but it's also government, uh, educational institutions, you name it, uh, where people are just losing faith in these institutions. So um, really, really interesting study they also talked about how people are giving during the pandemic and how nonprofits are actually in competition with gofundme for direct payments to people so you see somebody on your news face your facebook feed saying i just lost my job i set up a, a gofundme and people are directing some of their dollars to those uh, to those funds as opposed to traditional nonprofits so some really great studies some good data in this and you know trust is down which we uh, Which is which is not a good thing. Next, uh, research that we want to take a look at actually came from Fidelity Charitable, who put out a study that was picked up by New York Times. And the big picture in this study was uh, was about volunteerism and how it has fallen so sharply during the pandemic. Again, just like what we were talking about in the virtual events, this does not come as a huge surprise because so much of volunteering was is and was face to face. So this study actually came out and said that two thirds of all volunteers had either decreased or stopped their volunteering because of the pandemic. And they they talked to the, the head of donor engagement for Fidelity, who mentioned that many nonprofits are thinking that they're in this for the long haul, and they need to think about different ways to use volunteers. Now, that's obviously important, but where we see this actually play out in the real world is with some organizations. So when we think about w- Meals on Wheels, who was cited in this study, um, you know, they deliver meals to the elderly. Um, they, they've helped 47% more clients and provided 77% more meals since the pandemic started. So increase, you know, demand and increase, but many, many, and this is really driven by a lot of elderly people not feeling comfortable going to the grocery store because of the pandemic. At the same time that this demand is going up, uh, the organization has lost half of its two million volunteers. So three quarters of those folks were over 55, putting them in the high risk category. Um, This has not been easy. And so Meals on Wheels has actually had to hire more paid drivers, which is a huge increase in cost for the organization so the volunteers used to pay for their own cars and pay for their own gas. Now Meals on Wheels is actually having to go out and pay drivers to, to make these deliveries. So this volunteerism study was really, really fascinating. One of the big volunteer organizations in the world is Volunteer Match, which matches volunteers to causes. And they talked to them about this decline in volunteerism. And they were saying how, yes, there's this huge uh, increase in demand, but much, much lower amounts of people who can actually want to or actually come out and volunteer. And so what they found was that in March, 93% of all volunteering was canceled. Um, And now that they are at 40, now that we're into the second half of the year, uh, in November, 48% are still heavily canceled. So big picture on this article, two thirds of all volunteers either decreased or stopped Volunteering; these organizations obviously have a dollar value that they associate with these volunteers, which is something like twenty-two dollars an hour. Um, That labor is gone. So when we think about donations being down, and we think about volunteering being down, and we think about all of these impacts of COVID, uh, this is a major one. So I just think that's a a pretty important piece of information for our sector. So in slightly uh, better news. Article came out from an organization called theconversation.com and the uh, article is titled When a Child Chooses a Donor to Sponsor Them. And this is really World Vision. So World Vision is one of the largest child sponsorship organizations. I think there's something like 10 million children being sponsored all over the globe. World Vision is represents 3.8 million of those children. And they have actually sort of flipped the script on this entire thing. They have started a new program where children actually get to pick their sponsor, and you know they they cited a lot of different um, reasons that they've decided to change the model. Uh, one of them was that there's been a ton of criticism about the sponsorship model in general, uh, and sort of the the vibe that these children were being quote unquote purchased. Right, you go online, you see faces of children, and you pick out who you want to sponsor. So they flip this around, and now the children are actually the ones picking their sponsors. So sponsors are going online, they're making short videos, they're taking pictures, they're explaining who their family is, things that they cared about, and the children are actually getting to make the choice about who sponsors them. Really cool. Um, Obviously, World Vision being as big as they are setting trends in the industry. I think this is a positive move. Um, to kind of get away, change the power dynamics that exist between children and, and children's sponsorship and their, and their sponsors. So there's a really good article. Um, and the other thing that I thought was nice was that World Vision actually promoted this pretty heavily as a positive thing that they're doing with their organization. They have a YouTube video. It's a really nice YouTube video that they made. Um, I will link that there. Um, but I would just suggest t- checking it out because I think this is going to be a trend that we see continuing with regards to child sponsorship. So last piece of news before we get to the bonus article is uh, an, uh, is a study that came out from the Center of Effective Philanthropy, um, which with the headline, foundations are increasing giving and loosening restrictions. So for a long time, people have been talking about how foundations are really hoarding cash. Um, this is especially pre- prevalent in donor-advised funds, but these organizations, foundations from across the, the country have now started to sort of loosen up the restrictions for folks who are applying for this money. So there used to be these very tight parameters set around, you know, the grant cycle, what you could use the money for, um, whether or not be restricted or unrestricted funds. What they've decided to do is release more of that money because we are in such uncharted territories in terms of people who need the sort of demand for services increasing. So 66% of foundations have loosened giving requirements along with giving more money. Awesome trend. Uh, Hope to see this continue. Get that money out to people. Obviously, they desperately need it. There's some great data that's in this report. There's a PDF that was produced again by the Center of for Effect. I'm sorry, Center of Effective Philanthropy. So check that out. So big news stories of the week: Foundations are giving out more money. The child sponsorship model is kind of getting flipped on its head by World Vision volunteering is sharply down two-thirds of volunteers have either slowed or quit Um, virtual events are a mixed bag some organizations are crushing it some organizations are most organizations actually are not Um, so that's a, a big trend and that trust in our industry is becoming less important for donors but that's because trust writ large is down across all institutions So final good news story of the week. This comes to us from The New Yorker magazine, which did a long form article, which was a profile about a person named Sam Rivera. And Sam works as a program manager for a nonprofit in New York City called The Castle, which is part of a larger organization called The Fortune Society. And this organization was built to really help folks who were formerly incarcerated get back on their feet after they've uh, after they've left after they've left prison And it's a really long-form article that highlights not only Sam, but also the program, along with the challenges of prison reentry programs and how we deal with folks who are incarcerated in the U.S. And Sam was talking about resiliency and this idea of hitting bottom, and I thought there were some parallels between what's going on in our industry and this attitude that Sam took towards these folks who, um, who were discouraged and having a hard time in their life. So he was talking about Um, watching a television show with his kid and how it sparked this idea. So here's the quote. He said, so I'll tell you the story. I was with my boys watching a show where they were imploding a casino, and I'm kind of into this. It's all dramatic, and they hit the thing. You know, it was old school, you know, with the box, with the plunger. And at about the third floor, it caved in, and the guy said, wow, with all the dynamite we used to destroy the building, the foundation was so strong that it wouldn't go down. And I'm like, that's it if we can find your foundation, you won't fall. You lean, you trip, but you won't fall. So that's my work. Finding the foundation that remains. Let's not make it about the dynamite. Let's work on your foundation. What will keep you standing? Even if you start using drugs again, even if you go back to prison, that's, so that's the only bottom I want to hit. The foundation that's still there. Um, It's found Fantastic article, a really cool nonprofit that's doing awesome work. Check out the article. Um, you know if there's any if you are interested in getting involved. But I thought that this was really, you know, important because we are at a time when the dynamite is going off in our industry. Um, lots of things are happening. folks are losing their jobs, organizations are really struggling, volunteering is down, revenue is down, uh, and demand is way up. And so finding that center, finding that foundation, and keeping going and and not hitting some deeper bottom that we're already at is super important. So keep up the good work. Uh, Thank you for watching the episode. We'll see you next week and uh, leave any comments below.